day and welcome to Reclaiming Reality. My name is Ben and today we are going to talk about standards. Just what are standards and why are they so important? And mainly, why does our world seem to have lost the ability to have standards? Let me explain. So when I was younger, um, in middle school, I still remember my cousins and I and my brother would play video games all of the time. We had so much fun. We had an N64, and eventually we had a GameCube, and we would play Star Fox. I still remember Donkey Kong. Seriously, guys, so much fun. It was always a blast. And the fun thing about those video games, and I'm sure still video games today, there is always the final boss, right? The big, bad, it's Bowser, whoever it is, right? You get there, and you've worked the whole game, and now it's time. And I remember that we would get there as a group. Like we're playing individually, but we would show up as a group. And because like one person has the controller and everyone is sweating, right? It's like, oh my gosh, it's go time. And we fight and we lose. And that happened over and over and over again, right? Like you fight the boss, you lose, you fight the boss, you lose, you fight the boss, you lose. And eventually one guy has the controller, usually will. And he won. And he beat the final boss. And the controller flies across the room, fists in the air. Like, we are hype, man. This is the highlight of the day. Adrenaline rush. Even more hormones than we had at that age. It, it was awesome. And the, the funny thing about that victory that we were celebrating, that I realized after a while, is we somehow were able to pretend that the score wasn't 24 to one. Like we won one time out of the 25 games, but we still lost 24 times in a row, but we got extremely excited at the one time we won. It wasn't like we proved we were better. The odds are that we just got kind of lucky that time and happened to win. And that's hilarious to me. And, and it really relates to our lives. I think we set arbitrary standards all the time. We lower the bar for ourselves and say, hey, this is what is important. This is as high as I have to reach. All I have to do is beat that final boss one time. All I have to do is cook my girlfriend dinner one time and clean up, and then I am an amazing boyfriend, even though most times I order takeout and then leave the leftovers out in the kitchen. That's not important. This one time, I absolutely crushed it. It's like... People at work who leave like 15, 30 minutes early every single day consistently have to stay late like an hour one day. And they're just like, I am a hero. Let me tell you, savior of the company right here. I am a good person. Like, <laughs> and I think that this is actually an emotion that we all share. We set these weird arbitrary standards for ourselves, and we love to overcome those standards. We love that rush of good feeling when we do stay at work that extra little bit of time. And then we're like, wow, I'm crushing it. This is great. That feels really, really good because baked into the human cake, like whatever it is to be human, we want to triumph. We want to rise above. It's almost like triumph is something outside of ourselves and we're eternally chasing it, right? Like I think all the time about those survival shows. Um, in a survival show, you're never 
you never, ever, ever have the same comfort you do at your house, right? These people are like out there in the woods, but they find like a squirrel in, in the wild and they're like, I found a squirrel. This is the greatest day of my life because it's all relative, right? Like all that matters is that we're moving forward. It doesn't even matter that much where we are at the moment, but as a human, we have to be moving forward. There is something about triumphing. There is something about success that you have to have as a human. I wrote this sentence um, the other day. And in case you're new to these, I'm new to these videos. Um, game plan is I'm always going to have notes, uh, but I'm also going to talk about tons of stuff I didn't plan on talking about, like squirrels. Um, so here's the sentence. Even though our post-truth culture says that you get to take the standards for yourself, or excuse me, even though our post-truth culture says that you get to set the standards for yourself, it still says that you triumph because baked into our human cake is the desire to overcome and to be one with triumph. It's not enough for us just to have a little bit of triumph. We want to become it. We want to enter into that triumph, which is so confusing because our culture nowadays is rejecting standards. It's saying, hey man, there are no standards. But here's the thing, guys. When you do not have standards, you cannot triumph. Hear me on that. That's that's unbelievably important. So, and, and let me explain. I've been thinking about this. I, th I think just the perfect embodiment of this is the fat pride movement. I'm not talking about body positivity. That's its own thing. And, and there's a lot of good things about body positivity. Um, but fat pride is a different thing. Or I, I, I think I was reading some articles on this. I think the term has changed to fat acceptance. Um... But essentially, it's you're perfect however big you are. And guys, scientifically, biologically, that's not correct. I, I saw this woman on Instagram. She She's a very, very large woman, probably 350 pounds, huge. And posted pictures of herself in very revealing clothing. Um, I don't know, it's probably like a bathing suit or maybe some sort of lingerie. Um, it's like in the middle of my feed, right? As I'm scrolling and the first comment I looked at it was yes, queen, like Y A S space queen, little crown emoji. Right. And I'm just like, what? Yes, queen. No, because what they're saying is you are celebrating your triumph because what is a queen? A queen is someone who has risen above. A queen is someone who has authority due to her position. A queen, when we call someone a queen, we are saying you are crushing it. You have risen above. What has she risen above? I didn't understand that and I still don't. The fat pride movement really bugs me for that reason. Because I think what we should be talking about is her risk of heart attack, of all the other coronary diseases, increased risk of cancer, of dying young. All of these things are really scary because what, when I get encouragement of looking from someone who weighs 350 pounds, it's when they used to weigh 450, right? Because that's incredible. If you weigh 350 and show me a picture of your nearly nude body, but you used to weigh 450, yes, queen. You know what I mean? I am so proud of you. Why? Because you are triumphing. You are moving forward in life. But if you were 250 and now you're 350 and posting that and people are saying, yes, queen, it's no. Because she hasn't triumphed over anything. But what they're doing is they're saying, I get to set the standard for you. 
and you get to set the standard for yourself. And whatever that standard is, girl, you're crushing it. No matter what it is, you are crushing it. Here's a hard truth, people. All the time, you aren't crushing it. I'm not crushing it. And we have to be able to embrace that because if we can't embrace that, we're never going to get any better. We're going to stay exactly as we are unless we can realize that there are standards that exist and those standards are there so we can rise to meet them. But when we say, yes, queen, for someone who hasn't triumphed, we're giving them a false sense of accomplishment. And I think that's unbelievably dangerous. But not always. Uh, There are sometimes it's good. And, And as I was thinking about because I believe that thinking is just asking questions, right? Like you find an idea and you ask questions about it. So as I was thinking about that, I said, well, is it always wrong? And I thought of an instance with my dad. My dad's great. I was in sixth grade, so I think that makes me 11. And we were actually living in India at the time. And my dad um, is an amazing ping pong player. And I started going to a school where it was 40% Korean. It was kind of an, an embassy school over in India. And turns out Koreans are amazing at ping pong. They were so good. And, they, and I just played with them and they taught me a little bit. I had so much fun. And I wanted to show my dad my ping pong skills. So we were about to move. We were staying in a hotel at the time. And I said, Dad, they have a ping pong table. Let's play. So we started playing, hitting back and forth. And basically, he played at about 50%. But I won. I actually won. And he got hyped. He was seriously so excited. He was like hugging me and picking me up. And he bought, I remember he like took me to dinner that night to say like, dude, you beat your dad at something. This is a big deal. Because that was the first time that had ever happened. And he wasn't playing at 100%. We both knew he wasn't playing at 100%. But what he was playing at was 50. And he wasn't letting up of the 50%. He was giving me a bar. and And he set a standard for me. And he said, hey, man, try to hit this. And I hit the standard. And he was so stinking proud of me. And I still remember that. It was like a big coming-of-age moment, I guess. And it's still something that I think about a lot. But what we have to realize in our life is that there, there are some smaller standards, but I think I would call those goals more than standards. You know what I mean? They're... They're place markers on your way to the standard, right? Because there is a standard that is above all of those. Um, To get into that a little more, again, as I was scrolling social media the other day, I saw a jeans ad, a men's jeans ad, because somehow Instagram and Facebook know everything about me. Um, So here's what I love about men's jeans ads nowadays, right? So it was... It was basically a dude's abs and then some jeans, but like barely the jeans, if you know what I'm saying. So he had this just like insane set of abs. Like they started on like his neck and they just like probably went down to his toes. They were just huge. And the, the, I had two reactions the moment I saw it. My first reaction was like, dude, those are abs. Like impressive. Well done, bro. Uh, second reaction was like, I don't, I don't have abs like that. like and I think that's exactly what you're supposed to feel and then your third emotion is supposed to be but maybe if I bought those jeans you know what I mean and I love the ad the ad is like pretending to be about jeans it's not about jeans let's be honest it's about making you buy into a lifestyle ads are some some of those ads are just atrocious I think 
Um, <laughs> but I digress. When I, when I saw those abs, I immediately had that tinge of, oh man, I don't have abs like that. Like, and, and coupled with that was this like, part of me was feeling maybe God has done me some injustice. Maybe the, the universe has conspired against me, right? And that like, so I don't get the super cool six pack look. Like, that's not fair. And then I thought, wait a minute, I don't deserve those abs. I haven't worked for those. I don't, you know what that guy probably does to look like that? He probably goes to the gym all the time. He probably has a very calorie restricted diet. He probably has a personal trainer, all of these things. And yeah, genetics probably do play a role, but I still do not do enough to deserve to look like that man. I work out, but not like that. I don't hit the standard, man. I don't hit the standard for an eight pack. I really don't. And the world today tells me, don't you worry about that, Ben. You're perfect just the way you are. Don't, don't listen to that ad. That ad's trying to tell you you're bad. Don't listen to that ad. Ben, you are perfect. Stay just the way you are. And what a load of crap. I hate that message. Because like I said earlier, when you have no standard, there's no way to get better. So it's like we say to the 350 pound lady, we say, you're perfect just the way you are. And then she eats another cheeseburger and we say, you're still perfect just the way you are, but now you're 10 pounds heavier. So you're perfect both ways. So you're always perfect. So everyone's perfect. That doesn't make any sense. You've just watered down the word perfect. It doesn't make any sense. So I, I've been going through this and I think there's four ways to deal with this, right? Because we see that there are standards that we don't hit. And I can see four ways to deal with that. Way one, we, pre we just ignore all standards and pretend they don't exist right? Which I think, as we've seen, doesn't get you very far. Because even if you try to get away from standards, you still slip into them. Two is you change the standard. You say, no, the, the way to be successful in America isn't to make a ton of money. It's to make no money and be supported by the government. I don't know. That's super political. I'm not trying to be political on this video, but you know what I'm saying. We change the definition of that standard. We say, you don't have to reach this bar. Just kidding. You only have to reach this bar. Third is we fight to reach that standard with everything in us. We see that standard and we strive and we go for it. And th there's a bit of psychology that's gaining some traction right now that says something along the lines of you adopt as much responsibility as you can in order to justify your own existence. You take responsibility on yourself because you're wretched and you haven't lived up to the standard. And you say, okay, I realize I haven't lived up to the standard, but I'm going to do everything I can in my life to get you there. And that line of thinking says, and eventually you can get there. And, and I like that much better than the first two, but it still leaves you high and dry in the end because it says you can get there. But here's the thing, guys. You know you can't get there. Deep down, ask yourself, can you ever be perfect? Can you ever do enough good in the world to justify how much wrong you've done? Can you ever pay that price? I don't think so. Because I see a lot of people fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and getting exhausted because they don't know how to get there. And frankly, most religions in the world are telling you you can get there. Do this, you get nirvana. Do this, you get the virgins. Do this, you get to heaven. And it's exhausting, man. You climb a mountain and you climb the mountain and you never get to the top. 
and there's hope. <laughs> Don't worry. I know this has probably been a bit of a downer up to this point. There's a fourth option. Everyone breathe a nice sigh of relief. This fourth option I call kneeling. Option one, you abandon. Option two, you change the standard. Option three, you fight to live up to it. Option four, you kneel down before it. And what's so cool about this option is that you are recognizing that you are completely hopeless. It's the only option that takes the whole situation into account. It's the only option that says, okay, there is a standard. I can't live up to it. Now what? And Christians call this prayer, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but a lot of people see this as a really easy way out. They're like, oh, dude, you're just letting God take your problems, right? And throughout this process of thought, I've been calling whatever that thing is triumph, capital T, triumph. I'm striving towards triumph. And a lot of people say, well, if you just let that thing win for you, that's easy and that's simple. But hear me, it's not. Because standards remind you of everything wrong you've ever done. Standards are breathing down your neck going, you haven't made the mark. You haven't lived up to who you could be. And you never will. And they are right. And that is a giant fire-breathing dragon just devouring you at all times. And it is in the room with you. And the option to kneel is in the face of the dragon, you kneel down before the bigger guy in the room. Because it turns out there's not just the dragon, there's something bigger. And that thing bigger, his name is Triumph. And he is in the room. And you kneel down before the dragon, who can devour you. And you trust that Triumph will have your back. And that is way scarier than trying to fight. In that situation, what is easier and what makes more sense is to turn and to fight the dragon. What is harder is to look at triumph and say, I'm going to trust you because I am insufficient and I will always be insufficient, but you are not. You are the archetypal good and I need you. So if you hear me right now, if you're still listening, you are insufficient, but there is someone who is not and that someone loves you beyond your wildest imagination. His name is Jesus. He is the only God who has ever said, you do not have to do a thing, but trust me. All we have to do is reach out and trust him and lay down everything that we thought we had. And I swear to you, it is better. It is the most joyful, peaceful, exciting thing that you can do in life. And it is the only way to be able to look at a standard and have peace the Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding. And I'm here to tell you it's good. Thank you for listening. My name is Ben. Thank you for your time. <laughs>